The crypto job markets are exploding with opportunity. Forbes makes a Bitcoin price year-end prediction, and the SEC chimes in on ICOs. John McAfee for president in 2020? The renegade crypto guru is making news again as he announces his repeat bid for the highest office in the land and floats a crypto-based fiat currency with his face on it. You can't make this stuff up. China and South Korea both have favorable crypto news, but one crypto millionaire has passed on to the great unknown, leaving behind $500 million of lost Bitcoin. Ouch. EOS, Verge, and Binance are also in the news, and it's time we discuss this week's big happenings in the world of blockchain. Hey, gather around. It's episode number 137 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, Who's bad? Hello, Vilkuman, Bienvenue, Aloha, Buenas Noches, Sir Dias, Sir Tardis, Bonjour, and Hi. Bonjour. Hello. It is, Hola. It is how we say the Bad Crypto Podcast. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Bad Crypto. It is the French Crypto Podcast. Ah, and it's still very bad. Ocean Plum. Yeah, it's still very bad. And it is the Bad News episode this is the mostly weekly episode when we can do it weekly no promises we're bad i mean it's not like you signed a contract with us saying that we're going to be your dancing monkeys and perform we just yeah we're going to do exactly what you say for us to do. you know what because i know that how joel and i both are we're we're a little bit of non-conformist <laughs> and so like when you conform us a little too much then we start rebelling yeah. i think oh, no i start rebelling so even before that i uh, you know the rebellion Me is too. just built in yeah <laughs> we do have news for you though and it is a big roundup there's a lot of really fascinating stuff in here mr travis right mm-hmm. speaking of fascinating we're going to go through a lot of these pretty fast fascinating yeah well, let, there's a lot of stories. There's a lot to talk about. On Sunday, uh, we are meeting in Las Vegas. And uh, go ahead and talk about what we're doing there. This is exciting. <laughs> so it's it's kind of ridiculous, but it's also kind of awesome. So, you know, the World CryptoCon is coming up in October. And they're billing it as the, you know, one of the biggest crypto conferences in the world. You know, Consensus just had 8,700 people at their event. They're trying to shoot for, I believe, more than that. I'm not well, sure. Well, no, no. Exactly, this but... first time they're shooting for four thousand, but it's going to be—it's okay, supposed okay. to be the rockinest, coolest crypto event. They're having it at the Aria Hotel, which is one of the nicest hotels in all of Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing is they called us up and they asked us if we would be willing to fly to Vegas for a day and shoot a commercial driving around in Lambos and Ferraris and muscle cars for a promotional video for the conference. So so we thought about it for a hot second and said, yeah, we're in. I said, okay, okay. And uh, yeah, Joel was like, do I get green M&Ms? And then they said, yeah. And so we made a deal happen. Yeah, so we're, we're going and we will have pictures of the, um, the the video shoot for you guys that we'll be posting to the Bad Crypto Mastermind, badco.in forward slash mastermind on Facebook. So you'll want to check that out. 
The cryptocurrency job market is explodifying, Mr. Travis Wright, and businesses are hiring. Crypto would be a good place to be right now if you want to work in blockchain. Mm -hmm. That is true. There are several types of jobs that are uh, available currently right now. Obviously, blockchain developer and engineer is a huge, huge thing. Uh, full stack developers are a big role as well. They need a lot of uh, people to help do the front end, you know, structurally sound back ends. You know, if you can be, if you know C++, JavaScript, PHP, uh, if you know Python, those are some pretty important things. Also, there a lot of these companies need community managers, right? There's a lot of, they're trying to grow their crypto communities out there on Telegram and Facebook and Twitters and whatnot. So, Community managers are, are really, really in uh, in uh, command <laughs> demand. Also, meme specialists. Yeah, you got to be able to meme. There's an article here on medium uh, medium.com that we've linked to you. And within the article is uh, an infographic from CoinList that talks about various crypto careers and suggests, you know, how much you can make doing this and uh, where to find a crypto job. It points to AngelList, Upwork, and Crypto Jobs List. So if you think that you might have the skills to blockchainify, then uh, you might have a career in crypto. May have one. I know that we employ how many people in the crypto business About 50, now? 50,000 or so. Like, we have 50,000 people that we employ. So so quit grumping about our ICO spotlights. We have 50,000 mouths. We're actually, I think, counting you and I, we're officially in double digits. That's crazy. I know it is. You know what else is crazy? What else is crazy? John McAfee? John McAfee. The dude's a nutball. Uh, you, you gotta, you know, look, there's some people that are like, can't believe you had that guy on your show. He's, you know, he's a killer. And, you know, look, I saw the, the documentary. I don't know. It does appear that he had his neighbor uh, taken out. I, <laughs> it, it certainly, it, it paints it that way. I don't know for sure, hey, you know, what all happened. I know is I wanted, all I know is I was very nice to him. I was polite as possible. <laughs> I didn't want to be dead. Yeah, here's so. the deal. It, whatever the man has done, he is incredibly influential in the blockchain space. And if you follow his Twitter, uh, there's a lot of things that a lot of activity that's going on. And Travis, I actually messaged you. I don't know if you looked, but people are memeing him like crazy. Like mm -hmm. they are sending him, you know, memes of him in, uh, you know, in movies and television and music. And they're really funny. And you've got some graphic skills. I think that you should meme him into uh, something that would have bad crypto branding. And let's see if he'll mm. put that up. Well, we already did a couple whenever we had the show. So maybe he'll just uh, take one of those that we did. But what's interesting is there's a couple of things that's going on with him. Right. First piece of news is that he this week he tweeted out about he's creating his own fiat currency backed by cryptocurrency called the McAfee Redemption Unit, the MRU. And he's releasing it on the 25th of June. And he has these different crypto dollars that one of them, the 50, has uh, Roger Ver on it. Uh, the 10 has Jihan Wu on it. So he has different people on the different pills. And he's creating this his own his own fiat currency. It's printed on regular paper. It's going to have a holographs on both sides. They're serialized, going to be linked to the blockchain, redeemable, convertible, and collectible. And you could use them to buy FaceTime with John. So 
that's it. And this is actually, wasn't this my idea? Like I have Joel coin on the waves platform. And while I haven't uh-huh. done anything with it, we talked about using Joel coin so that you could buy time, you know, with me for consulting or hanging out. Did we or say whatever. that when we were talking with John McAfee? Maybe he stole your idea. John, John, I can't believe that, that, that you did that. So uh, they're really cool looking. I mean, I'm not going to not going to. Why are we on one? Why, why can't we be on like, they should make the $75 bill or like the $33. No, I want to be like the Zimbabwean $100 trillion bill. That's where bad crypto well, should be. <laughs> well, there's the $100 bill. He doesn't have a thousand, but like we should be like a random weird number. Like a $3 bill? Cause, like a $3 bill. Yeah. Like, we should like. We should we should tweet him and say, "Hey, John, we want to be the." Let's $3. just design it. Why don't you just Why don't you just make one and send it to him with us on it? I think that that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but that's not all. That's not all. McAfee, who ran for president uh, under the Libertarian uh, banner in 2016, a spoiler alert: he didn't win. Is has announced that he is going to run again in 2020 in order to serve the crypto community. Yeah. So there we go. So he's making his own money. He's running for president. He's probably going to use his own money to fund his candidacy. And, you know, here's the thing, is that he has a pretty crazy background. The the odds of him actually winning presidency is very low. But you know what? This will be good for him and his uh, crypto business, I assume. And uh, we hope, hope to have him on the show again sometime. Here's what he said. He's got funny. two tweets here in the story. In spite of past refusals, I have decided to again run for POTUS in 2020. If asked again by the Libertarian Party, I will run with them. If not, I'll create my own party. It's my party and I'll run if I want to. I believe this will best serve the crypto community by providing the ultimate campaign platform for us. But then the next day he tweeted, don't think that I have a chance of winning. I do not. But what truly changes America is not the president, but the process of creating one. If my following is sufficient, I get to stand the world's largest stage and talk to the everyone, as I did last time, to tell the truth. Not just everyone. He gets to talk to the everyone, which is actually, that's actually the a person. Everyone. His name that's, is that's the. That's more than. <laughs> Hello. I'm the, the everyone. everyone. I'm the real everyone. Um, I love. I want to go back to this cryptocurrency. This, this, um, the, the the paper money that he's created. It's really cool. He's using it through a company called Smart Pay Mint, M I N T dot com, and I think we should reach out to them. They basically are creating a, a crypto wallet. Maybe we could create our own uh, bad crypto smart payment cryptocurrency that we hand out as like a business card or something. Like, how badass would that be? I'd love that idea. I think that that is super awesome. And uh, bad fiat. <laughs> you have you have to look at the uh, the tweet that I just put in the show notes, Travis. This is uh, John McAfee. Um, they're having a meme war, basically, and you guys have to go look at his Twitter. Aaron, just put in the show notes his Twitter and maybe pull a couple of them. But people are posting hilarious memes and he's going to pick a winner uh and and i don't know who's voting on them but this tweet says if this does not win at least one of the three runners up i'll eat my balls along with my dick in 2020 (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh oh there's some hilarious ones there he is as the pope the holy father of crypto 
Very nice. Yeah. Good stuff, man. As always, funny. You know what? That's one thing about McAfee is that he never ceases to entertain and he's provocative. He makes people think. And you know what? That's why we had him on the show. We really enjoyed the chat with him. Hopefully we have him on the show again. It's turning into the bad McAfee news, Travis, but there's one more piece, which I think is incredibly relevant. And this is a tweet that John put out on June 1st. Uh, It's linked in the show notes. He says, at some point, we have to ask, how much money is enough? Team McAfee has been enormously blessed. We are, from now on, no longer charging money for promotions, no longer charging for tweets. Josh may continue to charge women for his time. For the rest of us, we are here for you. So, Because he was getting over $100,000 for a tweet, and he's saying no more. Mm Mm-hmm. I wonder if he's getting. I wonder if he's getting busted on that by the IRS or the SEC. I don't or know. Somebody I don't know. But apparently, um, and I don't really see him tweeting out, you know, much in terms of promotions. But he says he's not going to charge for it anymore. So not going to charge anymore. All right. So bad news, John McAfee uh, edition. All right. Let's move on. Uh, let's talk about EOS. The um, the re- the launch of mainnet was supposed to happen on june 1st and what happened yeah apparently it did not happen uh the well there was some vulnerabilities there were some bugs that were located within the platform some pretty serious ones and you know eos has raised what four billion dollars and they basically said they put out a bounty for bugs and they said we will give you ten thousand dollars for every bug that you find uh, within our platform, one one developer actually found twelve, and so over the course of a weekend, made himself one hundred and twenty thousand dollars large right there. That wasn't too shabby, and um, so they're still working on releasing. I've actually released version one point zero point zero of the software, and already they've point they've already updated they've already updated the code to one point zero point one. And, uh, yeah, so they wanted to prevent a crash. So, I mean, you know what? That's what happens when you have brand new software. It's not perfectly ready. That's why we've always talked with the, um, you know, how um, Elon Musk was was, uh, working on a platform called Neuralink for your brain that you can literally connect into the Internet. And I was saying, yeah, that's not something you get on first gen. You know, you might want to wait until like gen three before getting Neuralink. And it's one of those things is, you know, when the new platforms come out, there's bugs. So they're just basically working through some bugs right now and uh, doing what they can. So they've launched it. They have stopped the the, the year-long uh, ICO. They raised $4 billion. And basically, if your tokens were, if your wallet was not registered with EOS or your tokens were not on an exchange that switch them out for you, those tokens are now locked in time on the Ethereum blockchain and you cannot access them. So there's a lot of people out there, I bet, who've lost money. We don't have, uh, you know, tokens are not um, available yet until the mainnet's working. And this is really interesting. This No, it is actually. No, they've switched out. They've switched out on mine. Yeah, I have. If you go to your MetaMask, you can see that they have switched out the old EOS with the funky colors. And now there's the, the EOS logo. Is in there, so I've got mine swapped out to the new EOS. Oh, so if I go, if mine are in my Ether wallet, then they should be there. Is that what you're saying? They should be, yes. Yeah. So they froze them in time, and at that time, then they started 
sending out the new EOS tokens for my understanding. Interesting. Well, I'm just I just see what I'm holding in my wallet. I don't see a difference. Well, it's not going to necessarily change from EOS. Uh, it's not going to say ERS ERC20 token. It's still going to be EOS and so they've just swapped them out for the new token. Okay. Well, I guess uh they're they must be there then. Here's the thing. This story on uh, ethereumworldnews.com says that of the EOS token supply, half of them are held by, get this, just 10 addresses. A 49.67% of 1 billion of them, because there's 2, there's two billion total, right? Uh, 1 billion total. There's 1, 1 billion, billion total. total. And almost 500 million or EOS tokens are held by these 10 accounts. And that's crazy. Block one, they hold, uh, you know, 100 million tokens, about 10% of them. And then the other nine addresses are held by different people who are probably pretty powerful. Probably people who were, you know, part of the ICO. Probably Dan Larimer has a, a metric ton. And also some of these exchanges like Bitthumb, uh, Huobi, uh, OKX, Upbit, Bitfinex, some other ones, they have uh, EOS as well in there. Uh, so who knows? Yeah. So, but if exchanges are are holding them, that doesn't mean that that you know those belong to the exchanges, or those are people who are holding. Well, they don't belong to the exchanges, but they probably are holding them for like yeah. So, Binance is probably another one of those. So, yeah, I think this is kind of skewed news. It's kind of fake news, probably because if they're including five or six of those top exchanges, then those are not one person who holds those lists. So. Mm. That's crazy. However, however, the top 1,000 addresses hold 850 million EOS tokens. So this is uh, Verge is back in the news again. You know, this is a kind of controversial privacy-oriented crypto. They recently had this partnership they announced with Pornhub. I guess that's where people do the porns. And the uh, the dreaded 51% attack happened where um, uh, basically the attackers took millions of dollars worth of XVG. Well, apparently the attacks are, are still happening on uh, on Verge here. And um, doesn't sound like a safe place to keep your monies. Yeah, it's not too private, is it? And the thing is, is that when they do that 51% takeover, then it looks like they're just able to mine all of the crypto and they were able to do some stuff where they were able to even to create some coins or something. I don't even know the full details of it, but but uh, XVG is not very secure. And I know they only have, I mean, this used to be called like Dogecoin Dark or something, right? And, you know, so that's kind of, kind of funny how it was a privacy coin. They changed the name because Dogecoin Dark doesn't necessarily sound all that serious. Verge sounds more serious, but... The, the main developer on the platform, there's only like one from what it sounded like. I don't know if they've, with the money that they've earned, they've built new ones or they, they've hired new people. But um, I don't know. It's not very secure. It seems like they have a big problem with that. And um, you know what? If you have XBG, you know, buy at your own risk. And if you have Ripple and you're going to pass away, or any crypto for that matter, then you should let somebody know where the keys are. Um, Matthew Mellon, who is a crypto millionaire, uh, the guy passed away in April. He died from a heart attack, and he left more than $500 million in Ripple. I thought it was Bitcoin. In the teaser, I said Bitcoin, so I'm bad. That's what happens. But it's Ripple, 
And uh, it says his family likely won't be able to retrieve it. Five hundred, that's half a billion dollars, guys. And what's interesting about this is that he didn't just die from a heart attack. He died from a heart attack while consuming ayahuasca in Alcapoco. Like, that's like, that's, that's like what the shamans create in South America from this vine and this bark of this other plant. And they brew it and it gives you this amazing hallucinogenic journey where you literally meet this, meet the source of the universe. And it's just a wild, wild trip that shamans have been doing for thousands of years. And it's DMT. DMT is actually a chemical that is in your pineal gland, Mr. Jolcom. And every night when you go to sleep, your body drips out a little bit of that dimethyltryptamine. And that's when you have those massive dreams. Like if you have those really visual dreams, your body has just secreted just a little bit of DMT, like a micron, small amount, and your, and your subconscious turns it into a dream. So when you're in a conscious state, and you consume this dimethyltryptamine, it takes, takes off. This is the first time I've ever heard of somebody actually dying of a heart attack from taking DMT or ayahuasca. Kind of crazy. And as a result of that, um, $500 million is lost. That's a bunch of ripple that will never see the light of day. That is basically, it's a wash. Those are gone. Yeah, it's, the report says that he had uh, supposedly hidden the codes in vaults and banks all over the USA. But even after a couple months, his family has been unable to retrieve the funds. So, wow, you know, saving all this cryptos to pass on. And then he passed on. And uh, mm-hmm. no well, you know, we had a company that was on the show. What was it? Digipulse? Is that was the one that uh, is that the company that we had on uh, an ICO spotlight that is basically the how to if you pass away, how to how to give crypto to your heirs. Is that right. Yeah. Inheritance. Yep. And apparently it wasn't there. So, you know, put your keys uh, somewhere safe where if something happens to you, those that you care about can uh, can spend all your cryptos. Yeah. All his keys are with Jesus. Now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Travis, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's so bad. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So I spit on my I spit on my computer. That's nice. Say it, don't spray it. All right, let's jump over to. I was going to say something equally serious, but you kind of you you did this dip. You swung the pendulum all the way over there. I'm going to swing it back here because the SEC has chimed in. They're um, uh, they've said that they will not change security laws to cater to cryptocurrencies. Uh, This is an interview on CNBC with uh, U.S. SEC Commission Chairman Jay Clayton. He said there's no need to change the definition that uh, tokens are should be private placements and you have to follow private placement rules. If you want to do an IPO with a token, come see us. It is a security. So uh, I don't know how you know what the effect this is going to have on those who have done ICOs already. I imagine there's going to be many court challenges on this because ICOs, you know, for the most part are saying these are utility tokens and they don't pass the Howey test. Mm-hmm. A lot of these are clearly utility tokens, right? And the example that that I've given in the past in, is like, say you run a, a laundromat and you said, hey, here I have a laundry mat. I have actually I have a washing machine and a dryer, but I don't have a facility yet. 
But what I'd like to do is I have this washing machine and this dryer, and I want to set this badass laundry mat up. So I'm willing to sell you tokens for me for my business at 10% of what they would normally cost. And as a result of that, I'm going to take, you know, uh, get enough money to, to give me my first two to three years of revenue. I'm going to use that to buy a bunch of more wash machines and a bunch more dryers. And that is going, and then that since you bought those tokens at 10%, right, to help me out, you have the right to sell them to, to my customers at 100% of the face value. So there is value that can increase in there, but it's not a security where, you know, it's going to, you know, wild speculation that's going to grow off the charts, right, in, in, in a lot of cases. So I think it's I think it's one of these things where they're not all securities, and some of them are, some of them are not. And I think that's why that plays into the next news on the list, Mr. Joel Com about the SEC hiring its first crypto czar. Mm -hmm. They have done that. I cannot pronounce this person's name. Um, And that's probably why you're handing it to me. Valerie Panic. It's a a nice... It's it's Valerie Sizapanic. Is that right? S-Z-C-Z-E-P-A-N-I-K. I'd like to buy a vowel, please. It's probably Sizapanic. That's a really hard name. Yeah. She should change her name to Valerie Panic because there's now a czar. Yeah. She is going to serve as associate director of the Division of Corporate Finance and Senior Advisor for Digital Assets and Innovation. And Zapanic says, I am excited to take on this new role in support of the SEC's efforts to address digital assets and innovation as it carries out its mission to facilitate capital formation, promote fair, orderly, and efficient markets, and protect investors, particularly Main Street investors. So, mm-hmm. yeah, basically they're saying um, we're going to have this role and we want to make sure that only accredited investors worth a million dollars or more can participate in these ICOs because we don't want people on Main Street to, you know, be able to, to have some come up. And we want to make sure that we keep them. Yeah, down. you you <laughs> you are not smart enough to make your own investments. And because uh, you're, you're yeah. like us, we're not financial advisors and uh, we yeah. should only invest how they tell us to. We can't be responsible adults. That's so true. However, you can spend as many thousands of dollars on lottery tickets as you want, but you cannot spend $1,000 on an ICO if you live in America because it's a security and you're not smart enough to be able to handle your fate. And, and you could go to uh, to Dave and & Buster's and buy tokens, um, which aren't securities, and then you drop them into that machine where it kind of sweeps them, you know, sweeps the tokens, and you're trying to get more tokens to fall into the, you know, the tin pan below. Uh, so when you buy those tokens at Dave and Buster's or Chuck E. Cheese, you are investing in a token with the hope of getting more token back. Actually, if you look at the uh, the the quote from the previous article about securities in crypto, uh, Clayton said, and I quotify from the the Howey test. Actually, it's just it's just the Howey test says. A security is an investment of money in a common enterprise in which the investor expects profits primarily from others' efforts. Well, other people have to play that machine where it's sweeping the tokens up in order for you to have a chance it's sweeping more. So uh, there you go, uh, Dave and Buster's, you're selling securities. That's totally a security because then I can take those tokens, turn them into tickets, and then I can buy myself like some sweet tarts. <laughs> 
and the squeezy ball thing. You can go buy all those squeezy balls you want. Uh, let's go to upstate New York, where an old Alcoa plant is going to be renovated into the world's largest Bitcoin mining center. Coinmint is is doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of these, you know, these big, huge mining facilities popping up. And there's just, it's <laughs> actually, there's one in Kansas City that I'm going to be able to see on Saturday, I believe. And th- apparently they have 3,000 uh, computers, mine, you know, miners set up, excuse me, 3,000 3, miners set up in this warehouse somewhere and mining all this crypto. And pretty pretty amazing, but this uh, this Alcoa plant is uh, they've repurposed a thirteen hundred acre plot that was once used for aluminum smelting, and have turned this bad boy into a huge huge crypto mining la- uh, facility. It's crazy. Yeah, they who smelt it dealt it. <laughs> so there you go, Bitcoin Mining Center Coin Mint is going to be doing that. You could read more about it. The link in the show notes on CNBC. Now, this is interesting to me. A uh, official at Binance, the head of Binance Labs, Ella Zhang, thinks that if the bubble bursts, that is good for the industry. Mm, yeah. Yeah. They say that um, we, see, we would like the bubble to break. We see a lot of hype in the market. Valuations are high and unreasonable. We really think if the bubble bursts, it's a good thing for the industry. Now, these guys have made a lot of money. You know, uh, uh, Binance has not even been around a year yet, has it? No. And they're they're so profitable. They their first quarter they made a hundred over a hundred maybe two hundred million in profit in the, the the first quarter of this year. Uh, second quarter obviously is not complete yet this year, but my goodness, they're making a ton of money. They are opening up offices and facilities in different places, and uh, it's kind of crazy. Travis, we've been talking a little bit about maybe streaming our show live on Twitch occasionally, and now mm-hmm. they've got crypto tipping that is uh, uh, is happening via the Streamlabs app, and it says mm-hmm. that it's responsible for 15% of Twitch streams, Streamlabs is. Wow. Yeah. And so they said they reported in April that they'd made almost $35 million in tips in uh, Q1 of this year. So in order to enable crypto tips, a broadcaster will have to connect their account to a crypto exchange and wallet Coinbase, right? And they can be tipped in pretty much anything that Coinbase has, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, or, or Bcash. So maybe we need to start dancing, you know, on, on Twitch and, and get tipped in cryptos, you know, like the dancing monkey yeah this next story is really interesting because this is something that you have said many times it's on trustnodes.com and the headline is either we keep innovation in the u.s or we move it offshore which is what people businesses on blockchain are saying to the sec you know if you're going to make this difficult for us fine we'll take our business elsewhere no it's so true man it's 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 clear to me, that that's the case, that if the SEC is over-regulatory on cryptos and on ICOs, the innovation is leaving America. People are terrified to, to set up a crypto business in America right now, right? They're terrified. They're not going to do it. They, they're leaving. They're going to Gibraltar. They're going to Singapore. They're going to the Cayman Islands. They're going to Bermuda. They are we're going to Malta, but they're not doing it in America because, you know what, unless they jump through all these hoops, like, 
they really have to spend so much money on attorneys and all this other stuff to get to the point. And then they, they can't even accept money from U.S. citizens. And so, you know, that's a challenge. And you know what? Uh, when technology is overregulated, then and there's all these other countries where really it's we're in this sort of borderless technology. Right. We don't it, the borders don't matter with crypto. And I think the SEC is dealing with crypto and looking at it in a lens from like the 1930s instead of looking at it in a lens from the 2030s. Get some new glasses, SEC. It's time to time Gosh. lenses. Freaking idiots. Duh. So here's a prediction on Forbes.com. They uh, have the guy's name is Trevis Team. Trevis Team? Is that his name or is that a them? Is that a group? I don't know. My last name is everyone. The everyone and the team, they are doing a prediction here and they estimate that uh, due to lower volume in Bitcoin, that it's going to hit 12,500 by the end of the year, lowered from their earlier estimate of 15,000. And that, my friends, is an opinion. Yeah, that's all it is. I, Pretty much. That's I, I, all that is. Not really new. I have an opinion opinion. about that opinion, but I can't, I can't say it in mixed mm. company. You know, opinions are just like opinions. Well, there's a lot of blockchain developers that have an opinion about this story. Microsoft has acquired GitHub. Uh, of course, GitHub is the open source code repository that many in the blockchain community uh, use. And that means there's a lot of people that are now abandoning GitHub. They're saying, get out of here. Yeah, get, gone. get out of here. Yeah, well. Get done. Yeah, you can see all the different um, uh, imported repositories that are happening on some other platforms. There's a some called GitLab, G-I-T-L-A-B. And uh, so a lot of GitHub repositories are being moved over to to that. Uh, other developers have suggested Keybase as a, uh, a private repository place. So a lot of these developers, open source developers, do not want their information and their code tied to Microsoft. And they said, we're out of here. So, yeah, they're moving to GitLab. Over a thousand tweets has been sent to that. So maybe there needs to be a decentralized code repository. I think there is one called just Git, like Git.io or something. Um, But I I don't recall. They should call it GTFO. That should should be the coin for uh, a decentralized Git. Okay, let's go to the other side of the world where you are. You're actually um, closer to South Korea and China than I am. And uh, these stories here are going to wrap up bad news for this week. South Korea, good news on bad news that it says on BitcoinChaser.com, South Korea to legalize domestic ICOs. Bring an ICO, make an ICO sexy again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had a big meeting called the Fourth Industrial Revolution and they were talking about uh, the, the the National Assembly proposed a plan to legalize domestic ICOs. They had some conversations around that, and it looks like that's what's going to happen. So the ICO scene is uh, going to be changing in, in South Korea, potentially, right? Well, and, and this is because when they had the lack of uh, guidelines before, companies have been moving to places like Singapore and Switzerland. And mm. so South Korea is getting with the program. Uh, why can uh, Why can the USA... Not do likewise. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, you know what? I do think that in America, them getting the czar, um, Valerie Skizenstein, that, that um, 
you know, they're, they're going to they're gonna need to look into this because when companies are leaving to Singapore and Switzerland and, and those countries are opening and saying, hey, yeah, bring technology here, guess what? Silicon Valley is going to become irrelevant. The technology scenes in, in America irrelevant. And also South Korea said, eh, they had banned ICOs domestically for, what, eight months, six, eight, six to eight months or something? Yeah, eight months. And now they're going to sort of re- reevaluating that and, and, and putting rules around it and, and defining it. And uh, hopefully America sort of figures that out because they've had some really big ones. They had, you know, Icon, ICX was one of the big ones, and they're doing some really interesting stuff. And I, I think, you know, South Korea does not want to miss out on all of them dollar dollar bills. Yeah, they're also saying the Supreme Court of South Korea is declaring that Bitcoin is an asset. Uh, this uh, There's a case that happened around uh, a South Korean that was operating an illegal porn site. He was arrested. He had like 216 Bitcoins at the time of her, his arrest and they were confiscated. So this all went to up to their Supreme Court to evaluate their uh, their penal code. And um, they have determined that Bitcoin is an asset. And I'm not sure what that means in reference, but I guess they can't seize the Bitcoins from this guy because they're an asset or something. Did you say that Bitcoin is an asshat? <laughs> You're an asshat. Hey, stop <laughs> with the name calling. Gosh. What's the deal? Why, why, why did South Korea call those guys an asset? So and in China, their president, Xi Jinping, has openly acknowledged that blockchain is a breakthrough technology. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Like China mm-hmm. getting with the program as well. Yeah, he said that technologies like the Internet of Things, artificial intelligence, and blockchain will keep the momentum of the fourth industrial revolution going. And this new generation of the industrial revolution is reshaping the economic structure of the world. And so they have been hostile to crypto, right? That was big news in September back in last year. And exchanges and even ICO websites were forced to shut down, move out of the process. And China now seems to be in the, whoa, this blockchain thing's pretty cool. Right. They they banned ICOs last year. And now the story on CryptStorm.com says China may soon loosen Bitcoin and cryptocurrency regulations. And, you know, we kind of we talked about at the time that we had a feeling that this would happen. And uh, yeah, again, it's May. They're looking at it. But I am not a... Uh, I am a futurist, but I am not a crystal ballist. I can't see the future, but I believe that this is what's going to happen, that China sees the opportunity in blockchain, and they're going to want a piece of that block. Well, it's the exact same thing. You know, South Korea said, oh, wow, people are leaving the Singapore and Switzerland. Hmm. Oh, wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're losing opportunity. Oh, we're losing innovation. We're losing tech. Oh, that's going to impact our uh, economy down the road. Oh, wow. Uh, the SEC doesn't seem to get that yet, and uh, maybe someday they will, um, you know, and realize what they, they did realize that Bitcoin is not an asshat, and, uh, or Bitcoin is an asshat, and that's good. So. That's good. That's good. Bad news. And uh, all, here's some good news for our weekly World Crypticon winner. You know, we mentioned at the beginning of the show that Travis and I are heading to Vegas to drive exotic cars, and there will be photos. The World Crypticon takes place in Las Vegas at the Araya area, er, somewhere in the area. Um, 
on <laughs> October 31st through November 2nd, the Aria Hotel. And each week we are drawing one rando winner from our newsletter list. If you are not subscribed to the newsletter, well, first of all, you're not going to get the news you know, via email and you want the bad news. It's a, it's a cool newsletter with the weekly updates of what you need to know uh, that's coming from the show from Travis and Joe's uh, it's badco.in forward slash WCC. But we have a winner who's getting two tickets to world crypticon and his name is Adam Mac, Adam Mac, Mac daddy, Mac, Mac daddy, Adam <laughs> Mac, M-A-C. I wonder if that's his real name or he just is on a Mac. I don't know. But Adam, you'll get an email from the World Crypticon peeps to award you your two tickets to paradise. And if you guys want to win, you got to sign up for the newsletter, badco.in forward slash WCC. Just one newsletter each week. We don't spam. We don't sell. We're just bad. And at the end of I would of say this. this. Hold on. I want to say this before you say that. I want to say this. If you if, don't just wait to win a ticket to you know the World CryptoCon, you know what? The tickets are really cheap right now. This is going to be a really, really cool event. The speakers that's going there, Joel and I are going to be hosting this thing. It's going to be fun. There's going to be chances to, to hang out in Vegas. I mean, go buy your tickets, man. Don't just wait to get free tickets. I mean, you might get some free tickets, and then if you win free tickets, cool. Have some buddies come along. Make it a party. Absolutely. And uh, towards as the conference approaches, the World Crypticon peeps are giving away one VIP package, which is air travel, hotel, and two VIP tickets to World Crypticon. And we'll be drawing that. But you got to be on the list. So get on the list, Franz. Are we are we VIPs? We are VIPs. Oh, man, I feel so VIP ish. Yeah. Well, I am. You're maybe one day. Oh, I am not. Oh, I get it. I get it. Well, maybe you can let me in. What, one can hope. Do they have green M&Ms in there? I hope they have green M&Ms. I hope so, too. They are necessary in order to uh, to survive. Get a contract with Mr. Joe Conner. Right. <laughs> hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. We hope you've enjoyed it. Please tell a friend about the Bad Crypto Podcast, because that's what friends do. And uh, be sure to subscribe wherever it is that you listen, because if you like us and you want us to keep liking you, then you'll subscribe. Yeah, and one thing that's really cool is if you are hanging out with your friends, you know what? Borrow their phone, subscribe to Bad Crypto for them, tell them about how amazing Joel Com is and how okay Travis is and how funny we, we kind of are and uh, how entertaining and educational we are because we're bringing you news, we're bringing interviews, we're, we're doing other things that sound like do, and uh, it's good. Thank you. And tell them to stay bad. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.